Hey, yo, welcome in to CHGO White Sox. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio B. First time we've been here in a long time. Long time. In the West Loop of Chicago in our CHGO offices. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. With me in Studio B is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And the man in the box behind a baseball field, uh, or with a baseball field behind him. Lane uh, Staley. What? Oh, sorry. Never mind. Go ahead. Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, and you can also check out all of his writings from uh, the past week or so. Um, I think it's been a little bit longer than a week. Uh, but out in Glendale, Arizona, Vinny's been a content machine. Tons of articles coming out on the daily um, earlier today about Aloy in the outfield. Um, I did go back to to the point where you uh, yesterday said I took off my hat and looked disgusted. Um, I, I definitely overreacted. So I, I'll say I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> too worried about Aloy in the outfield I think what you said is right and I think we ended up making it a short um, but basically like yes it's an open competition yes as Aloy is a part of it um, but that doesn't mean he will be the, the starting outfielder but uh, we did get some updates from Pedro on who will be playing on Saturday will Aloy be out in right field on Saturday Oh, that's a good question. We didn't ask about where Aloy will be playing, but it sounds like Aloy will be playing. We got Lance Lynn as the starting pitcher for the Sox first Cactus League game uh, against the Padres. Uh, it'll be taking place right behind me here uh, at Camelback Ranch. Uh, yeah, Lance Lynn will be on the mound, and uh, Pedro said about six or seven of the regulars will be in the lineup. It sounds like basically everybody except um, Andrew Benintendi and Elvis Andres. So uh, uh, Yasmani Grandal is catching. That was confirmed. Um, but yeah, I asked him, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, probably a question that you'll be asking, I don't know about right now, but eventually, uh, you know, we'll be about the batting order and the, you know, the way that guys are lined up. And I asked him, Hey, have, you know, you've had the managerial job for a few months now. You got had the whole off season to think about where you're going to put guys in the order. And he said, yeah, I've spent a ton of time and you like this pouring over the data and pouring over the numbers that what is the, I, let's see, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing he used. It was something along the lines of um, where to put guys, where, where is the best position to put guys to maximize our run scoring? That's what he said. Yes. He sounded, sounded like a, a human or a robot pretending to be a human, pretending to be a computer. Um, but uh, that's, that's what he filled us in on. So no reveal of what that batting order is, but I would imagine you, we will learn a lot on Saturday about uh, the way Pedro kind of wants to line things up. The main thing to remember too, early in, in these early Cactus League games, you got four guys going to the WBC. Tim Anderson, Juan Moncada, Luis Robert Jr., and Eloy Jimenez are all going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic. That means their time playing for the White Sox in Cactus League is very limited. And so you should uh, expect to see them quite a bit before they have to take off for their respective camps uh, for their uh, national teams. So I just want to figure out, like, obviously left field will be open with Benintendi. Second base will be open with Andrews. You said Grandal will be catching. We assume with the World Baseball Classic that Mankata will play third. Uh, Anderson at short. Uh, Robert in center. Um, seems like Vaughn at first. Um, Aloy probably then either DH or left field. And does that mean right field's Oscar Colas? Has that been addressed? We'll find out. Uh, you know what I mean? Obviously, you've got Gavin Sheets to, to consider in that mix as well. Uh, with second base probably, with second base not being occupied by Elvis Andrews, I would imagine you'll see either Romy Gonzalez or, you know, Larry Garcia maybe. So, uh, you know, we'll see, right? It's spring training too. So uh, there are a lot of games where you see, what, five starters and four guys who are going to make the AAA team. So, uh, you know, these, these lineups tend to um, sometimes not be 
very reflective of what uh, you'll see during the regular season, but it sounds like uh, at least on Saturday, uh, you could see a lineup that is uh, uh, pretty much what the lineup might be with a couple exceptions. I'm thinking too, the Padres are probably going to do the same thing. They have a, a bunch of people going to the WBC themselves with their, uh, dynamic lineup so you're gonna see exactly like some good baseball after having a dearth of baseball for months you're gonna be thrown into some real baseball early on saturday so i'm waiting for i'm a i cannot wait for this exhibition game and then after like three innings, be like all right that's enough this is not a real yeah, not a real yeah. Baseball. i was gonna say remember remember her you say oh we're gonna get real baseball well you're not really gonna get real baseball you're gonna get kind of halfway to real baseball but hey it will be baseball players playing a baseball game so there you go yeah, it should be fun to watch. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's back. I mean, I'm not going to complain whether it's real, whether it's fake, whether it's college, whether it's uh, major it leagues. No. It's, it's back, baby. It's, it's it's boys throwing the the ball that might be 11.3 kilograms or 13.5 kilograms, or it might be the Yankees' perfect balls. We don't know. But, hey, uh, you know, it's baseball nonetheless. Uh, what else has Pedro uh, had to say today uh, leading up to his first game uh, on Saturday? Um, any any nerves he's feeling? I mean, he seems pretty cool, calm, and collected, and that's that seems like the largest takeaway from most people is that Pedro seems ready for this moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I think the, the one word that I'm going to come away with uh, from spring training to describe Pedro Grafol is serious. Uh, and, and you know, uh, I, I don't mean that as an insult. I think he's presented himself that way. Um, and listen, this is a guy who um, has been waiting many, many years for his chance to do this, right, to be a major league manager, finally got his dream job. Uh, he's not going to squander that opportunity and, and he's not going to, to waste that at all. So um, he has been uh, very serious on a daily basis, talking us, talking to us about the things he liked from guys who, you know, some of them we've never even heard of before, but he's walking around and looking at it. Basically everybody in this big league camp, uh, you know, whether they're major leaguers, minor leaguers, and, and, and he's got a good eye on all of them. So um, he's taken this seriously. No doubt about it. It was funny. He uh, walked by us uh, a couple of reporters earlier today. You know, uh, I, I haven't described what the weather was today, but it was cold. It was not very nice out here in Arizona for Arizona standards. Uh, and uh, somebody asked him, oh, what's with the weather? You like this weather or something like that? And he and he instantly went into like, you know, serious question answering mode and was like, well, I don't like the weather, but I do like the work that we're getting done today. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, OK, so you're just you're always you're always in that mode. And that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it could certainly serve him and this White Sox team very well. Saw that uh, all business. <laughs> yeah. Saw that video you posted, Vinny, earlier in the day with uh, Aloy taking uh, Lucas Giolito deep tank and shot. I mean, I'm just excited about the guy's future. And this year, it looks like he, the slim Aloy, hasn't lost any power because you posted a video yesterday with him and Robert hitting. I literally couldn't tell them apart because they both had bright kind of orangish pink shoes or uh, reddish pink shoes. And I was like, which one is which? And then I saw yeah. Aloy's little cocked foot. I was like, okay, that's Aloy. Yeah. So it's good to see that he's very slim, but also the power's still there. Now, uh, Junior got the earring too. Both got yeah. the earring too this year. Both ears or just one? I think, I think each of them just have one ear. Okay. I think it's the right ear, actually. But All yeah, right. it's it. Eloy's. He we talked to him yesterday, so I remember seeing it. It's a it's a sparkly cross. Well, if you ask him, uh, if you see him, ask him why the right ear, and then if it's a good enough reason, maybe we'll all get right ear earrings uh, to, to match the, the cool outfielders. Because he crossed. I I will not be doing that. waters. Oh, okay, all right. Um, is it? Yeah. Really? No, that's what they do. Uh, oh. I think uh, pirates got them back in the day when they crossed a certain level. Like, oh, you get an earring. Yarr. Hey. No scurvy for oh. you. 
maybe maybe Aloy <laughs> and uh, Luis have become pirates. Maybe that's maybe that was their big offseason change. I hope not, because then they won't play for the White Sox. Or why are we wasting time on them? Uh, Vince Velasquez, hey, he's now a pirate um, and was a former White Sox. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> so we, we're talking about Aloy here. Oh, can you so go talking about that video? Could you pull it up, Stephen? Because I just want to actually um, talk about the slimness. Stephen hasn't seen how slim Aloy looks. Um, it is Vinny's video too, so we can use it. Uh, Vinny, do we have your permission to use the video? Yeah, you have express written consent. Awesome. All right, cool. I'm pulling it up um, right now. Yeah, so he'll, he'll be pulling it up. Uh, just go to twitter.com slash Vinny Duber. You don't have to sign in. Um, but, uh, like, I don't know what you make of the slimness. I just keep seeing it, and like you said, like he kind of looks like Luis Robert. Um, I don't know if that that's super accurate here, Vinny, but um, he does look lighter, thinner. Luis, um, Luis is... Luis is a is a big strong big strong muscular man, and Aloy is a big strong guy too. But you know, Luis Robert, you know, looks like if you were to kind of draw a superhero, you, you know, you'd have to draw the muscles uh, underneath the spandex. You know, Aloy's just you know a, a big person, and so he's got a lot of power to go along with that uh, that huge frame that he's got. And here it is, like, mm, nah, I'm not getting it. Anyways, yeah, okay. check out Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Um, it's just. He looks very thin, um, and, and maybe it will help him in the outfield be a little quicker. But even then, um, we, we did see him be very quick uh, when he first came up. He was still about like 60th percentile in Major League Baseball with sprint speed. So um, we might see a faster, lighter alloy, and um, th that might be a lot of fun to see because he, he does seem like a pretty decent athlete in his own right. Um, let's get into some things that we learned here from spring training. Uh, Vinny, you had the 10 things that you wanted to learn um, at spring training, and let's start off with Pedro Grafal because you already talked about um, his seriousness. But your first question before you went over was, uh, what have they been working on? Um, I've heard from even Ryan McGuffey that it seems like a lot of basic drills. We saw your video of the I got it drill. I think Chuck posted some catcher drills as well. Um, has it been kind of a, a return to the basics for Pedro Grafal? Oh, that is just the narrative, I think, guys. Uh, this is spring training, and uh, they do all this every year. Uh, you know what I mean? I know everybody saw – listen, there's no doubt last year there was – they struggled with that during the season, but I think a lot of people want to just continue to pile on Tony La Russa and be like, well, they were so bad with the fundamentals last year that Tony La Russa must have never taught them how to do any of this stuff. No, obviously they were doing these same drills last year, but I will say this, Pedro Grafal has been extremely focused on that stuff. And he he's talked, I mean, it, there were the first multiple days of spring training. Every time he came to talk to us, he would talk about how much he was enjoying pitchers fielding practice and how intense the pitchers fielding practice was go was going and how how happy he was about that so i mean listen is there is there a uh, a higher level of emphasis than ever before hard to say is there emphasis absolutely and so i think if that's what you want to take away from that you certainly can i was more interested in what that offseason work was you know how did we get from point A at the end of last year to point B at the start of camp this year. And um, it was a bunch of the same stuff that we heard during the offseason. You know, the guys who were down in Florida were able to work with the coaching staff members that lived down there. We heard about Ethan Katz kind of touring the country and, and, and checking out his different pitchers all over the place. Um, but I think a lot of that work takes place here in Arizona as well. And uh, I, I think that uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing it in action. It, it's it's. It's something, you know, Pedro emphasizes uh, throughout uh, his conversations, be they before spring or during spring. Hey, it used to be guys showed up to spring training to get in shape. Now they have to show up to spring training already in shape. It looks like most of these guys had been working throughout the offseason. And I think, uh, you know, you, you can point to somebody who's going to be in the World Baseball Classic, somebody like Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn looks like he could start a regular season game tomorrow. I mean, he is just uh, – he is just – 
he, he's he's obviously ready to go. He's obviously worked a little bit ahead because he's going to be participating in the WBC. Um, and I think a lot of the pitchers look that way. We've obviously heard about Michael Kopech and, and some of the physical stuff that he had to deal with over the offseason. But, you know, Lucas Giolito, say what you will about what you think you saw in a Twitter video. But, uh, you know, he's a guy from a um, – uh, you know, a, a physical standpoint really seems ready to go. And, and I think, I think Lance Lynn is, is kind of the ultimate of that right now. Hey, Yasmani Grandal, I think is another guy who fits into that category as well, just because he was so intent on working throughout the entire offseason. The White Sox sent a video about concerts the other day and Yasmani Grandal said he saw Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Like, when was like, did he get a chance to go to the Super Bowl? And did you guys get a chance to talk to him as yet? Because, Wow, I didn't know that uh, he got a he had it like that and get to see Rihanna at the Super Bowl. We did not talk to him about uh, any of that. That's for sure. Perhaps somebody else did. Uh, we did not hear about that in the group session. But uh, I mean, guys, the football stadium's right here. I can. See, I mean, I might be able to move out of the way and point the camera a certain way. You'd be able to see it. It's <laughs> it's right here. It's across the street, basically. It takes you five minutes to get to the stadium. So any White Sox players who are staying around uh, Camelback Ranch would be able probably to, to, you know, take a pretty quick bike ride over there and attend the Super Bowl, I'd imagine, if they had uh, the desire to do so. He probably worked his way out over, over to the stadium. You know, he probably was doing lunges and and, and, and <laughs> sets all the way to uh to the Arizona Stadium. Uh yeah, he's probably got something on his his Twitter or his uh, Instagram. I don't know. Um he does apparently have a vote though to wear uh wear some new gear. So if you want to go vote on that, uh there's a star design and then like a one with the city skyline underneath it. It's kind of cool. For his uh catcher yeah, gear. Yeah, for his catcher gear. So hey, uh I don't know if he was at the Super Bowl, but he's he's wearing new gear this year. Uh we do want to get to a super chat here. Thank you Linkfire for the support. Um Vinny uh, and this is, I believe, a nickname. Vinny looks like Ron Swanson back from Chicago Duber. Thank you for the fantastic reporting out there in Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean, this is now, what, your sixth spring training? I believe it's my fifth. Let me count. 18, 19, 20. Skip 21 because of COVID. 22, 23 is my fifth spring training, yes. There you go. All right, so COVID you know, ruined the sixth there. But, I, I mean, is, is it just kind of a same old, same old? Or are you seeing, you know, anything new with the, the new manager outside of, you know, maybe his, his certain personality? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the differences from year to year in the nuances, uh, you know, and, and, you know, individual guys in different physical conditions. You know, obviously last year we had – Lucas Giolito showing up with all the muscle that he put on this year, you can see the difference, right? Aloy Jimenez, you mentioned his weight loss earlier in the show. And I, and I think, uh, you know, that's the thing you see there. It's not just that, obviously guys have lives, guys have, uh, Guys have seasons, guys have work, you know what I mean? Obviously, we're talking about Dylan Cease in a much different light, in a much different way than we were last year. And as these guys get older, their personalities evolve as well. I mean, you know, Tim Anderson wasn't always Tim Anderson, right? Uh, you know, and and certainly I think Dylan Cease is another person you could describe that way as, uh, you know, having evolved with how his, with alongside his game evolving too. So um, it's fun to kind of uh, take that wide angle lens sometime and, and look back, um, and, and see where how far guys have come. But in terms of, uh, you know, the everyday, you're, you're filming batting practice, you're, you're waiting for the manager to talk, you're, you know, it, it, is, it is kind of a routine that, that you can kind of always jump right back into the first day you come back because, uh, hey, it's the same thing you've done before. Yeah, I, oh, my bad. I feel like, you know, if we're going back to the article you wrote with the 10 things you want to learn, I feel like we've covered the starting pitching depth. It seems like it's Davis Martin. We wouldn't be shocked if someone is added. Um, what was that? Burke. 
Uh, Sean Burke is, is a part of it. You know, maybe there's a minor league deal uh, to come. Uh, right field, it seems like Oscar Colas and Gavin Sheets can both make the opening day roster and still fight out for right field, as we've mentioned before. A slim Aloy Jimenez uh, is in that job as well. And in the back uh, of the bullpen, you know, Joe Kelly said it's just going to be whoever is there ready for the moment, and we're going to take that on as it comes. And, you know, even Liam himself said he wants to pitch in 2023. So, uh, you know, we, we might not be without Liam for long. We don't know. Um, so that's still question marks there and we'll know more as we get closer to opening day as Rickon will address Liam Hendricks's uh, current situation but I think I want to get to the one about Jose Abreu Tim Anderson kind of talked about leadership and life after Jose Abreu doesn't seem like that big of a deal or that you know pressing of a matter well I'll talk about it in terms of the words that the guys have said yeah it doesn't seem like that big of a deal you're right I think uh, you know even the guys who you would expect uh, to, you know, the guys who are closest to him, the guys you would expect to really feel this, um, Aloy, Yoan, Luis, uh, have all kind of been like, you know, it is what it is. And, and here we go. We'll see. I mean, all the three of those guys are still having fun. You know what I mean? They, they are, they're going about their daily business the, the same way that they have in the past, maybe even a little, you know, uh, you know, sillier than they would be in years past because they don't have uh, Jose watching over them, uh, trying to make sure they're all serious. But um, I think it, I'm trying to remember who it was that was, I think it was Aloy yesterday saying, you know, Abreu is the guy who, who used to be loud. I think, you know, we all have kind of this uh, image in our head of Jose Abreu as being kind of this stoic, you know, uh, every biz, let's take care of business. Everything's serious. Uh, everybody work hard all the time kind of thing. But he joked around with them, too. I mean, I think I've told the story about Can last year in Kansas City when we when we were there early in the season. And uh, he's yelling in the background of us trying to uh, interview Luis Robert. He had a lot of fun with these guys as well. And, and I think, uh, you know, they're 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 learning how to kind of just be there without him. Um I think it'll show up in the regular season, though. I think it'll maybe be a bigger deal when things start counting and, and the, the stakes are a little higher. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of what they've said, it seems like, yeah, it would have been nice if he could stick around, but he's not here. So, oh, well, let's keep going. Looks like players are in great shape. They got the World Baseball Classic this year, so they're going to hit the ground running. What seven of the players of the White Sox will do. Has Pedro talked about what's going to happen with the world baseball classic and the communication he has with the different managers that have his players out there, just like, you know, Lance Lynn will be pitching for the United States. I'm sure there's an understanding, Hey, we'll be pitching Lance Lynn for a hundred pitches, but as he uh, expressed to you guys uh, what his, uh, what he would want from these players during the world baseball classic. And is he adding communication with the managers of these teams? Well, he was asked like, how do you kind of keep up with these guys, right? While they're gone to make sure that they're, still working and, and getting in what they need to get in, you know, because obviously if you had eyes on them during spring training, you could just walk up to him and say X, Y, and Z. Um, I think his answer was not super detailed. You know, it was kind of like, yeah, we have ways of monitoring them and we'll, we'll use those kind of things. So I don't know if there was uh, a, you know, maybe it's just as simple as he's sending texts to these guys and, and just, you know, communicating and, and making sure that they are uh, getting in what they need to get in. But um Certainly, he's talked about them playing meaningful games and playing baseball with with with, you know, something on the line is going to really benefit all these guys, uh, you know, once the regular season starts. So I think that maybe the answer to your question isn't so much, you know, do they need to watch over them like Hawks kind of thing and more just, hey, they're going to be playing. And that's what we want. We want them to be playing at game speed and getting that sort of experience. Maybe that's something that they can't even reproduce here at, at their own camp. So you know, or, or during Cactus League play, I should say so. 
um, you know, it, it, it's probably kind of a little bit of both worlds. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We got more to ask Vinny about spring training, what the White Sox are trying to do this offseason. A lot of people are wondering about injuries. That was one of your questions as well. Well, we'll see if the White Sox have changed up any certain processes to avoid those injuries. Also, we'll ask you a little bit about uh, second base, uh, but maybe not ask you about it. Maybe we'll just ask the guy who's going to play second base because you got Elvis Andres for a one-on-one interview. So we'll talk with Elvis Andres a little bit later as well after this ad break. And if you are watching, please hit the thumbs up. We would greatly appreciate it. I think Jimbo said we got 50 people watching and only about 10 likes. You're hanging out, just listening. Hopefully this little call to action will get you to give us a thumbs up. We really, really appreciate it. We do have to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook, their official betting partner of CHGO and All City Network, DNVR, PHNX, all represented by the best and top-rated sportsbook in America, DraftKings Sportsbook, and they are offering NBA no-sweat same-game parlays. It's back after the NBA All-Star break. The NBA is returning tonight. Games tip off at 6 o'clock with the no-sweat same-game parlays. You could put down up to $10 on an NBA game, on an NBA no-sweat same-game parlay with three legs. And if your bet doesn't hit, you get $10 or up to $10 um, in bonus bets if your bet does not hit. Tonight, I'm taking in the Pelicans-Rafters game under 233.5 on the total, 25-plus points and assists for C.J. McCollum, and over 11.5 Trey Murphy the third points. Uh, I know that's going to get everybody rushing to their phones because they love Raptors and Pelicans bas- basketball, but download the app now and make your own choices, make your own bets, and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This also, Trey Murphy the third Redundant. Yes. Okay. It would be Trey. It's Trey Murphy or whatever his real name is, Murphy the third. Because <laughs> I'm the third. I'm Herb the third. Yeah, like Trey Murphy the second makes sense. Yeah. It's three Murphy two. Yeah. But three Murphy three. I didn't know about the word the word Trey because I would never have gone with the name Herb as a child. Oh, my God. Kids are relentless. There's a jerks. You ever watch Sex in the City? There's Trey McDougal. No, I didn't ever watch Sex in the City. You should. It's pretty good. Mm, uh, Got to let you know about Pins and Aces. They're pretty good as well. The official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear. Uh, our guy Steven is a huge, avid golfer and gets tons of compliments on and off the course when he's rocking his Pins and Aces gear when he's hitting the links. They're a family-owned and golf apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag. Uh, hey, Goose Island, the uh, beer sponsor of uh, CHGO. 15 case in a 312. Lovely uh, urban pale ale wheat, right? Uh, you can put by two golf sleeves, seven in one, seven in the other, one in your hand. You're going to have a good 18 holes. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO. Receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, let's get into the injury question because I think that's everyone's you know biggest concern. I mean, we talked about Yasmani Grandal getting healthier. Even Tim Anderson going to driveline. Part of what held him back in 2022 was a groin injury, um, and getting healthy and uh, getting back his uh, his finger health as well was huge for these players. So how do the White Sox avoid those big killer injuries like Aloy in Minnesota, T.A.'s groin, uh, Luis Roberts' wrist injury? How do they avoid those massive kill shots to keep them above 500? Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest answer, as I, as I said before we left, is, you know, get good luck, right? I mean, because this is still baseball and you can be the the best uh, team in the world that, uh, you know, performance and strength and conditioning and injury prevention, and you can still 
get injured playing baseball because that happens to so many players every single year. Um, so obviously there's no way that they can just eliminate all of that. But I asked Rick Hahn, what did you guys do? What, what are the specific things you guys did last year to, to, or oh, since last year to try and get better at this? And, um, the answer was not terribly specific, but it sounded like it had a lot of prongs to it. So I'll put it this way. The White Sox took it seriously. Uh, the White Sox, uh, you know, looked at every avenue that they could. They're using different technology. They did make some additions to the staff. They're, um, you know, doing different exercises, that kind of thing. Like, the, I, I am not well-versed enough in all of that to, uh, to lay out exactly what that all means for the human body. But the White Sox did take this seriously. I think we saw Rick talk about that at the end of last year. If you remember back to the introductory press conference with Pedro Grafol, where Pedro was asked that question and then leaned over to Rick and say, hey, are we ready to talk about this yet? And it didn't seem like it was ready quite to be rolled out yet from Rick. So uh, he did, uh, you know, talk about some of the areas that they attacked uh, here in, in at the end of uh, or at the start of spring training. Uh, and, you know, it, I can provide that full answer. I could go look it up on my phone and provide that full answer after the show uh, for those who are interested. But um, it, you do get the impression that they took things seriously, that they are doing things slightly differently and that they're trying to improve the, uh, what uh, an area where obviously a huge, huge deal for them the last couple of years, but also too, you can only improve so much in because there is just that bad luck that's going to strike some team or every team in some fashion throughout the course of a baseball season. Well, I want to bring this up. Uh, this is from, uh, I think it's Scout Report Girl. Um, yeah, Scout Report Girl. Um, if you want to bring up this map, Stephen, uh, this is all from Baseball Savant. It's Mavel's miles 2023 miles traveled by team and how the MLB schedule will impact this. As we know, all 30 teams will play each other. The White Sox have the third least amount of miles traveled. So if we're talking about rest, if we're talking about recovery, the White Sox might be one of the teams that will be able to take advantage. And it's literally just because they're in the middle of the country. You look at the athletics because they're so far away from everything. The Mariners being on the east, uh, the West Coast, uh, same with you know even the Yankees at 14 being on the East Coast. Those teams are going to have to travel 30,000 plus miles in 2023. The White Sox, 27,672. Uh, so I do think that part of all of this is going to be helped by them having a, a little less impactful schedule. I don't know if I'm really looking into this too much, but also, I mean, isn't this just going to benefit them massively yeah. from here on out? Because 2024 won't look too different. All the teams are going to stay in the same spots outside of uh, Vegas. So uh, there might be one in Nashville. It seems like the White Sox with this 30 game schedule, something I never thought about was they're going to gain a lot of rest and relaxation over uh, other teams. They have most of the things pointing positively in their direction. A uh, bounce back year for a lot of the players in 2023 that miles uh, not traveled that other teams will be traveling. And you saw around there, there the other central teams are close to them, of course, because they're all centrally located. Um, but they have all the things this year for a successful season, like the, the bounce back years, the health, the miles traveled. So there's no excuses this year. I think the White Sox will play well this year. I might have been down on the offseason, but I think, and I've, you know, we'll have our predictions for the season a little bit later, um, close to regular season. But I think the White Sox can win this division. Maybe not 90 wins, but 86, 87 wins this year, especially because they're playing all the teams. And we saw the record versus the AL Central not sparkling. Against teams who are really good, like the Yankees, uh, uh, other teams in the league, 
they were really good. They were over 500 but a bunch against versus uh, really good teams. So I like that the White Sox have a favorable schedule, a favorable health situation, new manager that's really serious about spring training. All these things are pointing the arrow up, not the guaranteed rate down. It's going up. <laughs> hey, all I'll say about that graphic, Sean, is remember this. Uh, your reigning World Series champions and the team that's been to the World Series like basically every year for the last what, half decade or so, uh, played in Houston, Texas, which is all the way on the east side of Texas, in the same division with the teams in Seattle and Oakland and Los Angeles. I would imagine they were racking up a hell of a lot of miles over the past, uh, you know, ever since they've joined the AL West, uh, and it didn't seem to slow them down too much. So, uh, you know, th- listen, uh, certainly a plus that you don't have to fly all over the country a million times. Uh, uh, but uh, if you're the White Sox, you know, that central location uh, can't hurt, but, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, uh, correlate with uh, with wins, I would imagine. But I think this year they're going to get fewer miles because of fewer games versus AL West teams. So they're 21st in this ranking that Sean put up there. Um, still traveling a bunch of miles. Like, they got to travel out to Oakland, Seattle, and L.A. So, but this year they might get benefited by not having to do out there three times instead of just two times this year. But, yeah, I think... So they'll win, a, point- so they'll win 130 games. <laughs> Fresh, good, and like, oh, we lost the pitcher? We're good. Who cares? Who? Justin Verlander? Nonsense. Honestly, I mean, it seems how they're acting, um, and I don't blame them. I, I mean, I, the White I, Sox are kind of acting like that with Jose Abreu, and that's probably what champions and winners do. They like, I see it. Appreciate you your time, Jose, but time for 2023. Jose's not with us anymore. He chose to leave, and we're we're moving forward with him. We appreciate his time, but, hey, we got somebody who can replace him, as Sean would say. Andrew Vaughn yes. and Eloy Jimenez. Well, and I do just want to say, too, like the White Sox, you look at um, in 2021 to the Miles – uh, travel. I just want to look at this. In 2021, 23,000 miles. They had the least miles traveled in 2021, 193 games. Last year, 30,000 miles. We saw more injuries. So I, I don't know. You see about 7,000 more miles traveled, about 6,000 more miles traveled between 2021 and 2022. Uh, you'll see a little less, uh, about 4,000 less. I don't know if it will help, but I just think it's interesting to, I mean, there, I don't, there's no correlation. I don't have any stats to correlate these to mean wins, but Maybe it could be helpful. Uh, what will be helpful is Elvis Andrews at second base. You, you asked who will play second base. Um, can you say, maybe this is the easiest answer for all the podcasts, is it Elvis Andrews for the 2023 White Sox? Yes. There you go. Um, you talked to him today. I uh, thought it was great. I also like how Elvis Andrews has a specific driveway at Camelback Ranch. Um, seems like he has been only interviewed in that spot. <laughs> Oh really? I I didn't I didn't see any other uh, video interviews of him there, but uh, oh, yeah, I just meant the the press pool that you sent when he got signed. That's where they you you guys talked to him. The the pool did. When we talked to Elvis when he got signed, did we talk to him out there? No, we talked. Yeah, to the him. first. No, day, we talked to him day. behind. No, we talked to him behind. We talked to him on the other oh, side okay. of the building. Mm. All right. Yeah, um, it, it looks so similar. They're both around the building though. Sure, <laughs> there you go. Um, is he allowed in the building? Somewhere. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so why don't we jump to Vinny's chat with Elvis Andrews? It's about uh, nine minutes and 30 seconds here. We'll come back and then chat with Vinny about 
Elvis Andrews, and I, I guess I did mistakenly say that we had Elvis Presley on the podcast. He's unfortunately passed, has been passed for a while, um, but Elvis Andrews. Did people with, come in? Is that why the 50 people are here? Yeah, probably. To probably. watch Elvis? Elvis I mean, I'm thinking a couple more would be here if we have Elvis uh, Presley. He's been dead, what, since 77? Yeah. Oh. He's been dead more than I've been alive. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be breaking news if he was here. But uh, we got Elvis Andrews, and uh, very excited to hear his chat with Vinny. Uh, let's, let's roll it. All righty, here with White Sox infielder Elvis Andrews. Elvis, uh, you made it to camp uh, right, uh, right signing right here when when the full squad started. Uh, what's the first couple of days been camp camp been like for you? Uh, it's been awesome, man. Uh, you know, love to be back here with the boys, and it's been a great, great two, three days. You know, I feel that you know everybody's kind of getting you know getting loose, kind of getting comfortable with the routine. So I mean, it's been it's been amazing so far. You seem like you're having fun out there. Is that uh, is that regular, or is it is it a reflection of kind of how you feel about this team, and then kind of why you wanted to come back here? No, I'm usually like that, man. I'm always dancing, singing, trying to make everybody to, you know, if you if I hate people being too quiet. I think you should be, you know, talking and getting to know your teammates and just having fun. So whenever I see somebody who's been too quiet, trying to get on him. What is this clubhouse like? What what kind of uh, appealed? you know about it last year that you really enjoyed enough to to kind of come back for this season no it's, a, it's an amazing mix i think we have you know a lot of great veterans in the team uh and but we have a lot of you know uh excite, exciting uh young players so i love it i love it i think from you know top to bottom pitching uh defensively offensively we got everything uh in the in the clubhouse to you know go out there and have a good season so uh, you know, we're just going to have fun for sure. Yeah, I think last year you looked around and said this might be the most talented team that you've ever been a part of. Still the case? Do you still see big things for this team based on kind of how talented the guys in the room are? Oh, 100%. I feel, I love it. I, that's one of the reasons that I came back. Uh, uh, love the squad, love the coaches. So, you know, we just have to stay healthy and just compete. I think if we can do those two things, uh, everything else is going to be okay. You spent some time, obviously, in the American League facing off against these pitchers. What is it like to kind of uh, be able to, to have them, you know, on the, on the mound for you instead of trying to get you out this uh, time? Yeah, man, it's, it's not a good stuff to, you know, to face. Uh, all four or five guys are, you know, top pitchers in the league. So, yeah, really happy. And, I mean, playing defense behind them is a lot easier, too. It's a lot of weak ground balls, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a thrill, you know, coming to the ballpark. Uh, knowing that the guy's going to pitch is give you a really high percentage of winning every day. So, I mean, as, a, as an infielder, that's what you're looking for. And, you know, just trying to complete every play and help him for sure. You brought up defense and playing the infield. You're moving to the other side of the second base bag now. How do you think that, uh, you know, it's only been a couple of days, but how do you think it's going? And, and how do you, what kind of challenge is it to be able to uh, switch positions at this point? Yeah, no, I mean, so far, so far, so good. You know, uh, I'm just, you know, trying to just, trying to get the most work I can, you know, just, rep, you know, repetition for me is the key, so, uh, but I feel comfortable, you know. I think that the last three years we've been doing a lot of shift, you know, in the left side, so I was able to play a lot of second base, especially last year, so I think that kind of like easy out that transition for me, but, you know, I still, I know, I know that I still got to, you know, keep working hard to make that second base, you know, very comfortable for me. You showed up last year and, and provided a bit of a spark for a team that was, you know, kind of struggling to get into a rhythm, ended up, you know, not making the playoffs. What did you kind of see at the end of last year? You know, was there what was going on in that clubhouse that, that kind of prevented them from reaching the potential that, that obviously is so high for them? Yeah, no, I mean, it's probably a few things for sure, but, you know, that's baseball, man. It's, it's sometimes not how much talent you have, you know. It's, 
how you can put it together as a team. So, you know, when I came, I think that was the only thing that I saw. I mean, there's a lot of talent here, but, you know, when things were going, getting tough, you know, like everybody started pulling, you know, their own way uh, instead of get together. So I think that, you know, that's, that's for us the biggest key, you know, as a team, you, you know, get, you know, be united in those tough situation that is going to happen during the season. And I feel like we can do that. We're just going to become a better team. What does what does leadership mean to a baseball team? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, everybody needs, you know, leadership. You know, it's not one guy, you know, that's running the show. He, he has to be, there's a lot. It's like a, like a you know, a military chain command. You know, you got your president, then you got your general and colonel. So I feel that, you know, I've been in teams where it's like that. It's not only one guy. Everybody's doing their job. Everybody's, you know, you know getting accountable for everyone. You know, it's like... No matter if you got one or two years and you see somebody doing what we're not supposed to do, like, you know, calling aside. And, and I feel that you don't need to have 20 years in the big league to talk to your teammate like, hey, man, come on. Like, we need, you know, we got to play hard. That's not the way we play. That's not uh, an AVC for us. So uh, I feel, you know, that's, that's the most important thing uh, for any team. Is this team still looking for that leadership? Is, it, is that something that comes about in spring training? Or do you think you walk in and, and there's guys here that can do it and, and you can add to it as well? No, I think there are guys that are already stepping into that role. Uh, you know, for me, kind of, you know, coming in and, and helping with my experience, I think I can easy, you know, easy out a lot of that stuff because it's not easy, you know, when, when you know, you go and you're like, hey, now you're a leader, you know. It's, I think that you don't, it's not like, oh, I'm a leader. You have to earn it. You know, and you have to respect each teammate. You have to be there for your teammates. You have to, you know, be an example. So for me, I'm, I'd rather do that. You know, I'd rather be that kind of example, be that type of leadership. And, and you know, when you do that, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, when they see you working hard and you've been playing for a little, you know, for a long time, they're like, well, he's been playing for a long time. Look, you know, how hungry it is. So I feel with example, I mean, he's a lot, he's a better uh, leadership for me. And, and, and that's the one that I always try to transmit to my teammates. Speaking of leaders, what about the leader of this team, Pedro Grafol, the new manager? What have you noticed from him in, in just a few days here at camp? Yeah, no, so far so good, man. Uh, you know, very good communicating. I think that's always key for any manager. You have to know how to communicate with players. Uh, right now it's easy going spring training, uh, but when the season starts, that's when, like, that's the hardest part, you know, like how like every player, we're all different, you know, and you have to learn how to communicate to each player. We all got different uh, trigger points, so... Uh, but, I mean, so far, you know, he's a really uh, easy person to talk. And I feel that that's a really good quality for a manager to have. And, I mean, everybody feels comfortable around him. He's he's going to let us play. He's going to let our talent to go out there. And, I mean, he only got a few rules. But, I mean, they're easy rules, actually, you know. So, I mean, so far, so good. And, you know, we hope we, hope we can, you know, just make the job for him a lot easier this year. What are his rules? Uh, well, you know, he's very, very big on culture. Uh, and like what that phrase embody, uh, you know, so I think that he's trying to get that Chicago White Sox pride back. And it's huge. I think every every successful team does it and like an every daily basis. So I think that is something that, you know, the team kind of ran away a little bit last year. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, spring training is a great time to start working on that, you know, getting that pride back. Like, you know, we're here for a reason. We're a really good team, and we're going to show you. So he's bringing all those uh, thoughts and those mentality to the team early on, and I think that, you know, we have to keep working on it, but, it's, you know, they're right on point. 
you spent the offseason obviously going through free agency, as you said, for the first time in your career. So probably that was taking up some some space in your mind. But but what'd you do for fun? What, what was what did you do to kind of uh, relax uh, through, throughout the winter? Oh, I got I got three kids at home, man, and they're you know they're five, four, and one. So like I don't need I don't need no more uh, fun or like trying to find fun. Uh, I'm a very family guy, and you know for sure it was a it was a different situation for me uh, going through this. You know right now. Uh, but you know, I think that's a great thing about having a family. Like, I, it was easy for me to relax uh, and just, you know, put, paying attention to my to my kids and believing that, you know, my agent was gonna get me uh, a contract. So, you know, I trust my agent. I trust what I did last year. I know what I can bring to a team, and you know, I, I just trying to put my, you know, my energy and my effort in my kids and and let, and let everything else, you know, you just fall through. Do the kids like baseball yet? Uh, the oldest one, yes. Yeah. The older ones like it. He started playing some t-ball uh, before I came here. So, you know, I'm not going to put pressure. I know how hard this thing is. You know, I just want him to have fun and, you know, like learn about the game, fall in love with the game. And then when he's around 12, 13, you know, we can start working a little bit. <laughs> you, you've been on good teams before, winning teams before, teams that have gone far. You seem to know what it what it takes for a team to succeed do you think this team this White Sox team can can do what it takes to succeed coming up this season I believe so man like I said uh, it's very rare to have you know mix of talent like we have a lot of guys been playing you know a lot of years and we have guys that are coming up and like with huge amount of talent so there's guys in the middle also that they want to prove that they want to prove so I think that like this year is a very key year for I mean if you see it from every standpoint you know having a new manager guys you know they want to improve guys are going to go free agency so I think that that's always a great mix when you have all those quality things uh, in a clubhouse so for us it's just to like engage you know like be united uh, pulling you know the road the same one way one direction uh, and if we do that I mean the talent I mean you don't I mean, you, you can be blind and, and, and listen to names and you're already like, wow, they're going to win. So it's about believe it. I think that it's, it's, it's big. I'm a, I'm a big believer of that. I'm always positive and I don't really care, you know, the league or the other teams. I only care about our clubhouse and our guys and, you know, just do our best and, you know, do everything 100%. And if we do that, we want to win. We know that. All right. Fantastic stuff there from Elvis Andrews. Um, a leader, definitely uh, a ton of experience. I thought what was most interesting, though, was the Pedro Grifol rules um, and the emphasis on culture. Um, I know that it seems to be hard work getting back to the basics or at least, you know, trying to figure uh, that stuff out. I mean, how would you define Pedro Grifol and what he wants the culture to look like? Yeah, I'm not quite sure that it's been made very public, to be quite honest. I think that that's something that, that he likes talking about to the people that are going to be involved in it, right? I mean, we heard a little bit of it, I guess. The best glimpse we've gotten was in uh, his introductory press conference when he talked uh, often about the kind of things that he wants this team to do, you know, playing hard every night and, 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 you know, doing the little things correctly, the stuff that made White Sox fans stand up and cheer at the time, because obviously it was a uh, visible problem during the 2022 season. Uh, you know, he was kind of echoing uh, the fans indirectly, uh, you know, in terms of what they wanted to see, he was telling them, well, Hey, this is what I want to see too, from this White Sox team. And so I think that's probably the best way that we can define what kind of, culture and what sort of example he's looking to set here. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an evolving thing. And I, I think it's different uh, when, when he's not really talking about it to us on a regular basis, maybe we just haven't asked him the right question. Hey, 
what is this culture going to be like point blank kind of, but um, uh, I, I think he's providing a lot of examples. I, I continue to fall back on how serious he's taking things. And I think he wants the guys to take things serious too. Um, but man, you couldn't have a better spokesman than, uh, than Elvis Andrews. Could you? Yeah. Like I can listen to that guy talk for a while, but uh, I think that might be one of the keys to the white Sox. that Tim was asking him about being positive. You asked him a question. He's like, I'm always positive. This is how I am. I'm smiley, happy, jumpy. And if somebody's not talking, like, hey, why are you not talking over there? That's, I think, having him and that type of attitude, along with everything else that goes with the White Sox, can lead to a positive uh, outcome for the White Sox. Sometimes it just takes somebody in the clubhouse saying, hey, you are uber talented here. All we need to do is worry about the 26 men in here. And don't even worry about the Cleveland Guardians, Minnesota Twins, because if we play our ball, no one can mess with us. So it's good to have that type of player in the clubhouse telling and hyping up these guys, understanding like, hey, you are good. Don't even don't even front that you're not. Yes, but let's pump the brakes because that same Elvis Andres also said Cleveland would crumble. And then yeah, the White but, Sox lost eight straight Yeah, but that games. was at the middle of the season. No, that the was the right season. before they came and kicked I under- understood, but I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, having that from the beginning to yeah. set the tone so you don't miss games in April, in May, and you just like, oh, there's a long season. You have that guy saying, hey, these games count as much. We need to get our shit together, and we're talented. I know he misstepped last year, but sometimes you need to have that. You need somebody to say that in the club. Well, what I'll, say, what I'll say about that, Sean, is that um, – he might have just been outlaying the only way that they were going to win the division, right? True. I mean, basically, if he's confident that the White Sox are going to be able to win the division, he would be able to look at the remaining schedule and say, well, here's what needs to happen. The White Sox need to beat the Guardians four times in a row, and then the Guardians need to continue to lose. And so I think maybe it was less of, all right, I have a prediction that the Guardians are terrible and they're going to fall (laughs) apart, and more of a, well, I'm going to predict that this is going to happen because it's the only way that we're going to win the division. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. I, 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 he, what else is he going to say? That's right. I mean, we're probably going to get get our ass kicked by Cleveland and we'll pack it in. Um, yeah, that probably wouldn't have gone over too well. Uh, a little bit worse than what uh, Tim Anderson said to Chuck yesterday. I think that would probably got a, a more of a stir there. Um, let's go to him playing second base, though. Uh, they talked about the combo between Tim Anderson and Elvis trying to get that down before Tim goes to the World Baseball Classic. Um, looking at Elvis and when he was playing the shift, you know, he, he said he was really kind of playing second base when going up against left-handers. And you look at on StatCast where the average position where he played um, on StatCast during the shift, literally right behind the back. So it's, it's basically, you know, taking stuff uh, on that side of the bag. Um, I, I'm trying to find his specific shift numbers, um, but it seems like he's not too worried about the, the, the flip over. Yeah, he's not. Uh, and I think this is, kind of goes all the way back to last season, obviously, when there was still that chance maybe that he would have had to move over there if, if Tim would have returned before the end of the season. And, uh, you know, we kept we kept wondering about it, what's going to happen. Certainly we talked to him and he said, oh, I'd be willing to do it. I remember talking asking that question of Miguel Cairo. Hey, you know, can he do this? He's never done it before. Is he going to be able to do that? And Miguel Cairo looked at me like, what are you worried about? Like, he's a shortstop. He can, of course, he can go play second base. Um, and and I guess we'll find out if that uh, level of confidence was warranted. But, uh, you know, I have definitely had that one stick with me. No, he's not worried about it. Pedro's not worried about it. Rick Hahn's not worried about it. Uh, I think this is a veteran guy who's putting in the work. And uh, certainly he's already taking grounders uh, at second base and, and doing all that fielding stuff uh, here today. Hey, 
when you when you come to spring training, you got six weeks. So, um, uh, you know, he's going to have six weeks of practicing this position. And then, you know, uh, what the fans don't see, obviously, during the regular season is these guys taking ground balls every day uh, before games. So uh, the practice does not stop. Uh, and uh, Elvis Andres seems to be somebody who's committed to that to that work. And Elvis, too, uh, in August and September, zero outs above average. He was just pretty average when playing um, up the middle or shaded towards the second base back. So um, on those plays, he, I mean, if he gives him average defense and gives him an average bat, White Sox don't need a killer no. at second base, and he seems like a great leader. Seems like, a, you know, I think someone said a steal for $3 million. Um, Yeah. I, I think that's pretty fair. And unlike last year, he'll be batting towards the bottom of the order this year, and so his production won't be – you know, necessarily needed. He don't need to do the the guy that was last year because I know that his shoulders clear and he's feeling a little bit better on power. But to ask him to do what he did last year, what he had, like seventeen home runs and combined with the White Sox and the Oakland A's, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if he's league average at second base, I'm going to be ecstatic. Even if he's a little bit bad on uh, defense at second base, it's a new position, and so whatever we get from Elvis Andres, I know is going to be better than what we are going to get from Romy Gonzalez. So I'm happy they got the move done, and I'm happy that he's in camps because I know that the White Sox are a much better, not much better, just a better team with Elvis Andres on the squad than Romy Gonzalez because he's still on the team too. He can do extra things, but I think Elvis is better for this uh, contending team than Romy would be. Looking at his defensive value on fan graphs in the past two years, 6.1 and 10.1. Um, if you just take the Maybe. average war uh, of a second baseman, uh, Brendan Rodgers was the closest to two war. Um, he had a 3.5 defense. So if you are getting six defensive value from you know uh, Elvis Andres at second base, um, it's very likely that he'll easily clear an average two war season That's for a true. player. Because um, even Brendan Rodgers hit 92 for way to runs career plus. Elvis Andres was at 116 with the White Sox last year. Don't think it'll be that good, um, but it seems motivated. Seems like a great spot for him. Walk year again. Walk year again. So he needs to go and get another contract so he can experience free agency once again. And hey, it, I, I wouldn't put it past like if why not? Why not with the White Sox? Colson Montgomery, that's why not with the White Sox. He's going to be ready in 2024. Sure. He's not even playing second base. Um, no, I, I don't know about Colson Montgomery. I think that's a little bit of a rush. Let's bring Elvis back. I, I want Elvis. Uh, more more comeback specials, all right? I hope uh, Colson Montgomery makes it a, a, a discussion next year. We haven't even hit If I Can Dream yet. You know, he's still got a, a couple songs to go through. Um, I want to give you uh, the DraftKings pick of the week uh, before we get into uh, some Tim Anderson stats and, and just some other spring training notes before uh, Vinny comes back. You're going to be back from Arizona. Oh, no. and, and we're going to be very excited to see you, Vinny. I uh, want to let you know the DraftKings pick of the week, though, is tonight in college basketball, Penn State on the money line. I got them last night at plus 110. I got them earlier this afternoon at plus 120. Right now it's at plus 125. The value keeps going up, 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 and up. Take Penn State uh, in the last 14 games. Ohio State is 1-13 against the spread. It's not good. Penn State is. Uh, I, I will take that one uh, all day, every day. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. New customers can bet $5 on the money line of a game. And if your team wins, you get up to $200 in bonus bets instantly. See show notes for more details. Um, let's get into final notes, news. What else stood out from spring training, Vinny? Um, we've touched upon Aloy, Lucas, Pedro Grafol, Yasmani, Tim. Anything else that needs to be uh, cleared up before you come back? 
Yeah, well, I think one guy we haven't talked too much about uh, so far is Andrew Vaughn. And, uh, you know, we, we had a brief uh, group session with him a few days ago. Um, he's a guy who uh, admitted again to kind of running out of gas at the end of last year. Uh, you know, uh, it was a conversation throughout the season about his legs and um, what running around the outfield, uh, you know, might have uh, had an impact on that. Um, I think he uh, was fine doing that. You know, he's a guy who's like, all right, put, your, put me wherever you want me kind of thing. But, uh, you know, for, for, for two years in a row now, the storyline has been at the end of the season, he kinds of, uh, is kind of struggling to get to the end, uh, to get to the finish line there. So um, I think he thinks that, you know, first playing first base can help, but I think it's more of a learning thing, you know, learning how to uh, get your body through a 162-game season. Uh, you know, he kept saying last spring, Hey, that was the first time I did that in, in 2021. He said again this spring, Hey, that was only the second time I did that. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is a, it is a process for him in kind of getting his body ready, uh, to make it all the way through. I think that the White Sox think that playing first base and not playing the outfield is going to be a big help, uh, in that. So, uh, Pedro Grafol was asked about him today and said that he's been really impressed with him, uh, not just, uh, offensively, but defensively as well as well at first base. Did he speak about him doing anything in the offseason to not hit the wall? I know that you know playing the outfield was the cause mostly of that, but did he speak about a, a training regimen that he went through in this offseason to make sure he could make it through 162 all fresh? Tried to get him a little more detailed on that, but he basically said, hey, endurance. You know, you, you got to work on that endurance and, uh, you know, working on cardio and, and, and weights. I mean, with, that's, that's just working out, right? But uh, I think, uh, I think uh, he didn't need in his mind to go into too much detail because, hey, the more you do of that, uh, the better that you can set yourself up to, to endure uh, a 162-game season. So obviously we'll be watching that, not really out of the box, but once we get down to August and September, we'll be seeing if Andrew Vaughn has, uh, you know, made a change to kind of avoid that thing or, or really just learned from what he uh, experienced in his first two seasons as a major leaguer. Yeah, I honestly think just he was giving it his all out there. I just don't think the tank is that big enough to play the outfield. <laughs> Again, some people are short sprinters. Some people aren't long distance guys. I just I don't know if that was a lot of explosive athleticness ability. He's a first baseman. You don't need to be super athletic and springy uh, to play that position. And I don't know if that's just his type of athleticism. But, uh, I, I you know, we'll, we'll see if we hear more from Andrew about that specific topic um, later on in the date. But I, I'm excited for him. Again, uh, there's a lot of players I'm excited about. Andrew's one of them. Um, there was also a question, too, that you had uh, about Benintendi. Uh, I feel like we haven't talked much about him. $75 million man. I don't even think we've heard from him, at least uh, if he's had a pool session or not. Um, you, I think, asked, will he be a tone setter for the White Sox? Have you gotten any sort of vibe from that? Uh, you know, I think, again, that's going to be something that we'll see once games getting games start getting played. I think Pedro, the way he laid it out when we talked back in January was, hey, this is a guy who just does everything the way you want it to be done. And uh, if, if the rest of the team sees that, that's a thing that they can build off of. I think Andrew has the experience of knowing what Pedro wants to see, right, and knowing what being a Pedro Grafal player means, Um where obviously all these other guys are getting it, most of them for the first time. Um, I think Benintendi is a very quiet dude. Uh, I, the, I, in fact, I talked to a teammate of his the other day who said, you know, he's one of those guys who maybe you wouldn't even notice was in the room if you weren't looking for him just because he, he kind of really keeps to himself and, and isn't very loud. So, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for uh, Benintendi to replace Jose Abreu in the being allowed department, as uh, Loy Jimenez was talking about, he's not going to be that guy. But 
once the games get going, what he can do on the field can make a lot of noise, uh, you know, to make the obvious, uh, the obvious cliche joke there. Uh, I think, you know, he is a guy that maybe takes the extra base or, you know, God forbid, lays down a bunt when you need to lay down a bunt, uh, you know, plays good defense out in the outfield, Mm -hmm. hits the cutoff, man, that kind of stuff. I think, you know, so when I'm talking about tone setter, I don't necessarily mean, hey, he's going to step in here and be the leader of this team. It's going to be Andrew Benintendi's team now. No, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think he can be a guy who does everything right on the field, and that can, you know, other guys can feed off of that. And we've got a uh, super chat from Baseball Toss. Oh, I, I got this yeah. info if you want it. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, from DodgerBlue.com, you can watch all of spring training games on MLB.com. TV, uh, NBC Sports Chicago will have the game on Saturday. ESPN Radio will have the game on Saturday. Um, and then there will also be opponent broadcasts on the Sunday game. Uh, Monday, NBC Sports Chicago will have it. Wednesday, uh, the Guardians Radio Network will have it. So um, I think there's in total five or six games NBC Sports Chicago will be broadcasting this year. So um, if you have MLB TV, though, you'll be able to watch it. Six from Vinny's hand count there. Um, and there's another, you know, sometimes they just do whitesocks.com. They just do broadcasts that way. Uh, I used to do it with Rich King, but no, not anymore, Vinny. Not this year. Nope. It'll, it'll Son be of the a six bitch. Games on, the six games on TV will be the only ones. I think there's a total of 11, maybe. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong number, but there's a, no, there's a total number of games on the radio, too, that you can listen to on, on ESPN 1000. Um, 10. 10. There you go. So 10 of those. Uh, they're not all the same. Uh, some of them are. Some of them aren't. So uh, go ahead and, and get to the White Sox uh, web page, and they'll have that schedule for you of which games are on the radio. You can listen to Len and DJ. Wonderful. Um, final thing I wanted to get to was Tim Anderson. We talked a little bit about his groin injury. Um, there was some uh, an a- athletic article from James. He got uh, a quote from uh, Joe McEwing, and uh, Tim just kind of talked about his groin injury being the real reason he was held back uh, when he came back um, in June, and then obviously he left in August with his finger issue and then never returned in the 2022 season. Uh, but uh, Super Joe, uh, back in July, um, told James he went through a stretch where he came back trying to pull the ball because he couldn't get into his legs. Um, he was getting hits, but he knew he wasn't himself. He was still grinding, battling through. That's what the good ones do. But I do want to just kind of see. I was like putting data to kind of those 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 thoughts here. So this is Tim's uh, opposite field hitting uh, in 2022 pre groin injury. Uh, went to the opposite field 32.2 percent of the time. Uh, 45 opposite batted ball events out of 143 balls in play, an ISO of 378, four home runs to the opposite field, 88.2 average exit velocity, 226 feet was the average distance. Post-groin injury, Tim Anderson, 28.4% opposite field, 38 opposite batted ball events, 134 balls in play, a .026 ISO, so from 387 to .026, 026 is a massive drop-off. Uh, average distance of 197. Uh, average exit velocity of 87.8. Seems, Vinny, like if Tim Anderson's healthy, he will be an all-star again. I don't, I don't think we should be hitting the panic button on TA. No, of course not. I, I think Tim Anderson is a guy who um, not only evolved into a great hitter, but evolved into a consistent hitter. Uh, you know, I, I think that the way he hits... Obviously, guys are going to go through slumps and and guys are going to get hurt and guys are going to be affected by those injuries. But I think the way that he hits, he has made that uh, something that can be consistently successful for him and this team. Um, I don't think it's, you know, 
like it is with other guys. I think he just sees the ball, smacks it to right field, boom, uh, and and that's a hit, and he's on base, and he's going. Uh, I, I think that the, that's a perfect situation for a leadoff hitter, obviously, and that's before we get into all of that energy that he brings, uh, you know, and, and the way he gets the lineup going intangibly, uh, you know. So uh, he's a guy that I would always count on to have a productive year. He's very much like Jose Abreu in that regard. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I don't think is going to uh, slip dramatically or change dramatically from one year to the next. Once he figured it out, he's been that guy and it's been very successful. Don't fix what ain't broken. <laughs> and I like the fact that he went to driveline, saw a problem. And he's like, you know what? These people can help me out with my swing. And we'll see the results of it. He's always in a quest to be better. And it's good that well, Tim Anderson is trying to be better. And, you know, that three, what, 362 uh, isolated power, that wasn't going to be sustainable. But it's good if you can go 378. God damn. If you can go opposite field with power, do it. Do it all the time. Because he it's going to. I don't know. I'm. I'm <laughs> Can I say things, Sean? I'm, I'm sorry. Please, my thank bad, you. My bad, my bad. If you can do, if you could do that with power, I would not take that away. I know people was like, you should pull the ball more. No, that gives you a chance to look at the ball deeper. Different pitches don't fool you as much. And if Tim would concentrate on that. Just say, hey, I'm Tim Anderson. I hit the opposite way. I let balls get deep, and I this is my play. I'm not going to let people take me out of my my game. I'm in for it. A couple of home runs to the, what? He had like five home runs this year, last year. And you say that's mostly because of the uh, injury problem, the growing problem. I mean, it is part of your core. So if you can't drive off your legs, it's going to be tough to be any type of power. Six homers. And before the groin injury, he had five. So, yeah, five, five homers. Uh, and then uh, four of them, too, were opposite field. Um, sorry for cutting you off. I didn't, I didn't mean to be rude there. That's, that's, that's my bad on that. It's um, good. Just looking for his isolated power, though, uh, since 2019, uh, 2022 to the opposite field. Uh, oh, let me uh, sort this. Uh, so in 2021, he had the highest ISO in his career going to the opposite field, 414. So 387 isn't even that crazy. I mean, he did 414 for an entire year. Um, and that was in 2021. Uh, tough. 2020, 324 isolated power to the opposite field. Uh, 2022, 217. 2019, uh, 184. So, um, I mean, since 2020, he's been doing it pretty, pretty impressively. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Tim Anderson. Um, and no, we haven't seen the Sox TikTok for Luis Robert. So, you uh, haven't? We're gonna, which one is it? Just any of the ones where he's uh, asking about what concerts you've been to. Oh, who the who would survive a zombie apocalypse? He had the good one with uh, uh, fingers for hands or t toes for fingers, whatever that was. Um, that was a pretty good answer. Yeah, who didn't know like what it was? Was it uh, Gavin Sheets? He was like, I don't understand this, and then he came back. He's like, Oh yeah, I got it. Oh, Romy. Oh, Romy Gonzalez. Like, of course, I would have fingers for toes. Like, who would pick the opposite? Seems very Floridan. Hmm? Seems very Floridan of uh, Romy Gonzalez to and it's good, have like, deep thoughts on the fingers for toast. Luis, in those videos, he was talking about working on his English. And in some of those videos, he's speaking English the whole time. So it's good to have that, you know, if he's working on that, cool. You don't need to, though. Uh, Aloy or uh, Luis Robert, if you feel comfortable more in your Spanish speaking... We'll just have to get up to speed on that. But it's good that he's uh, speaking, trying, working on his English. And even in uh, Vinny's video uh, where he sh was shooting uh, batting practice, even uh, Alois, or, uh, Luis uh, saying, whoa, what the fuck <laughs> in, uh, in English was great to Baby. hear too. Uh, so, you <laughs> We're know, out here. He's able to express himself in uh, many different ways throughout the English language. Uh, but, yeah, no, he, he's, I mean, he seems to be, Luis Roberts seems to be very, um, 
don't know. He seems to be probably the most of a character, I guess. You described him as a superhero, but it just seems like, you know, he's got the ridiculous uh, look to him, superhero look to him, but he's he's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know when you're leaving, Vinny, but if you get a chance to see uh, Ethan Katz, his answer on that was, I don't go to concerts. Like, how? I'm a person that doesn't like music that much or concerts that much. I go to concerts. Davis Martin said he was uncultured and just, like, apparently just doesn't even like music. Can we ask Davis Martin what he listens to? I'm unfamiliar with what you're talking about, to be quite honest. But, but yeah, um, you know. Hey, these guys—they live. They live baseball, man. They—they they don't have a lot of. Some of them don't have a lot of room for for other stuff. And certainly, a coach like Ethan Katz, uh, it would make sense that uh, he's you know all baseball all the time. Yes, uh, he does seem to be all baseball all the time. Um, and a lot of—I mean, a lot of these guys seem to be very baseball oriented. Uh, Pedro Grafal also seems to be very baseball oriented. Uh, it seems good though. Uh, anyways, let's going to do it from Vinny. Oh, uh, what Luis said was, uh, he didn't answer the question. He just said, I'm good with my hands. I'm good with my toes. So Luis just didn't want to play the game at all. Um, thank you, Vinny, for your great reporting down in spring training. Uh, we're going to have uh, some more footage from you on Sunday. You're going to be traveling back. So safe travels uh, when you're getting back from Arizona. Um, we will have all of the one-on-ones posted on our YouTube channel. So we have Elvis Andrews uh, to be posted later, Michael Kopech, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito. Um, and I feel, I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets. Okay, Gavin Sheets. Um, all those are currently posted on our YouTube channel. Elvis will be posted later. Um, all of his fantastic articles on all CHGO. Aloy is the ra- latest art up, uh, write-up. You got uh, Mike Clevenger from early at the start of spring training. Uh, the Elvis Andrews signing as well. Um, some fantastic stuff from Vinny. So make sure you go and check it out. Um, very, very detailed stuff and very, very detailed coverage at allchgo.com. Make sure, to connect, again, to follow him at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. And we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, up to 42 likes. So hit that like button on your way out. We got the super chats, right, Steven? We're all clear. All right. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you on Sunday. And we're live on Sunday, too. So Herb and I will be live with you on Sunday at 4. Bye.